history is repeating itself. Here I am, once again sitting in the back of a church, preparing for another wedding, not my own. Five times the bridesmaid and never once the bride. It's not like I haven't been asked. It's just that the offers seem to come at the most insincere times, like during sex. Girl, you gonna make me marry you. Or, ooh, girl, I got to have it like this till death do we part. You know the kind. The open-ended, always pretended, but never intended to be a proposal kind of proposal. Once, I was even given a ring. Actually, it was a fax of the appraisal on a ring he was allegedly considering purchasing. I don't know which faded quicker, the ink from the fax or him. But to date, no husband, no real proposal, and no actual ring. There was this one time in the third grade during lunch. My next-door neighbor, William, got down on his knees, his upper lip coated with milk, reached deep into his box of Cracker Jack, pulled out a caramel candy-covered plastic ring, and said those four magical words, Will you marry me? If I had known then that my proposal drought would last for another twenty years, I would have accepted his then. I used to blame my drought on my astrological sign, which is Libra. They say that Libras can't get along with anyone but themselves. But then two of my Libra girlfriends, excuse me, ex-girlfriends, went and got married last month, ruining a perfectly good excuse for why I was still single. So now I've got a new excuse, the unusual way I was born. My parents were on a plane flying home to Baltimore from Aunt Sybil's Seattle wedding when my seven-months-pregnant, soon-to-be mother started feeling contractions. Mama said it was the air turbulence that sent her into early labor. Daddy said it was the inordinate amount of mixed nuts that she mixed with club soda and ice cream. Whatever the reason, during the most inappropriate time at nearly 20,000 feet in the air, her belches of indigestion turned into moans of contractions, and out came me. There I was, in 14C, lying on a plastic tray table, naked to the world and the rest of the passengers on our flight, floating high above the clouds, Utah to the right, Idaho to the left. Since neither was a fitting name for their newborn daughter, my parents settled on Montana, Montana Christina Moore, which also explains why I became a flight attendant. I'm most comfortable in the clouds, closer to God, closer to heaven. Maybe just closer to God so that he can help me find heaven, which is, of course, in the arms of a loving husband. Okay, so that's my excuse, and I'm sticking with it. And no matter how silly the excuse, if you're a female member of the Moore family, you'd better have at least one of the two, the excuse or the husband. In my family, having a husband is like math, English, and social studies, a requirement. Being happy is the elective. A husband is a symbol of accomplishment, a treasured trophy of honor, at the very least, a human shield with the power to deflect the constant nagging of my four-times-married mother, family matriarch, and self-proclaimed relationship referee.
You know eggs don't last forever, she would say at holiday get-togethers, as the family nervously laughed at what was obviously not meant to be funny. Even the ones at the grocery store have an expiration date stamped on the side. According to my mother's loose interpretation of the Bible, it was unholy, unhealthy, and downright blasphemous for a woman to be over the age of 25 and not married. She'd quote Galatians, Ephesians, Thessalonians, and any other book of the Bible ending in Ian's as she'd bellow. You're not a lady until you're married, and you're not a woman until you've had at least two children. By the time we were old enough to realize there was no such passage in Galatians, Ephesians, or Thessalonians, it was too late. The psychological damage.